Hi. Welcome to our slash stories about Kevin. Kevin goes on a religious pilgrimage. Story by delightful underscore Caprese. So this summer I completed a popular walking pilgrimage in Europe. It entailed over 30 days of walking and many pilgrims start alone, end up meeting folks along the way and become a somewhat unified group as the days go by. I met Kevin at the end of my first day and that was the end of peace as I knew it. Here's just the tip of the iceberg. Though I didn't know this until much later, Kevin had never hiked a day in his life yet he had decided to take on this journey of over 500 miles, and despite being non-religious, though we had that in common. There was an extreme heat wave the week we started, which was a bad idea for us both, to be fair, and the second day of walking was over a huge mountain, with no shade and with just two opportunities to get more water, one to buy water at a food truck, one fountain. That was our first day walking together and Kevin brought just about one liter of water, no food, and ran out before the food truck, and then again well before the fountain. There were plenty of other signs that he was unprepared, his backpack was hanging extremely loose and crooked, and he was carrying books and other unnecessary items so he was always complaining about his shoulders hurting, which should never be the case with a well-fitted backpack. His shoes didn't fit well, and were heavy boots instead of lightweight trail runners as most recommend for this journey, and he kept stumbling and actually did fall and scrape up his leg within the first 30 minutes of our second day walking together. On that second day, a few of us helped him fit his backpack correctly but he thought it looked stupid and always wanted it loose. Kevin also had a bit of an anger issue. Not towards others, that was never an issue, but towards minor inconveniences or otherwise expected annoyances. For example, each time he stumbled over his shoes he would curse loudly and forcefully at himself and his shoes, Og fuck. Another is when sometimes on the trail you'd come into sections with very annoying gnats that would fly right into your face and hover there and you'd have to keep blowing them away or swatting at them. More than once I'd be behind him and see him swatting at the gnats, swearing loudly and repeatedly at them, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. He also hated push showers. At some of the hostels, the showers would be the kind of taps that you'd push in, the water would flow but after 15 to 20 seconds the water would stop and you'd need to push again for more water. No big deal, annoying for sure but it conserves water and isn't the end of the world. Kevin, however, would be in the next stall and each time his water stopped, I'd hear, ugh for fuck's sake. When we'd be booking hostels, he'd say as long as they don't have those push showers but it's not like you would ask about that before you checked in, he let others make his reservations as he wasn't comfortable in the local language, and they were unavoidable. At some point, I learned that Kevin has a fear of heights. Very normal, okay but he went on to clarify that it's not just looking down, but that high ceilings and looking up inside places with high ceilings gave him the same sensation and fear. He asked me if I thought the cathedral, the one the whole pilgrimage is based on getting to, would have high ceilings. All I could say was yes, I'm pretty sure it does. Also keep in mind that every town or city we passed through had a historic church or cathedral often worth seeing, and Kevin could barely step inside them. I ended up finding him a bucket hat and a free pile and the large rim made it possible for him to go inside and never have to see the ceiling so I guess I'm a saint. He never quite seemed to know what was going on or what the plan was. Each day we'd walk 20 to 30 kilometers depending on where the next town we wanted to stop it was, most pilgrims would stop in the same places. More than a few times we'd already be a few hours into the day, or near the end, and get a message from Kevin in the group chat asking which town we were stopping at for the day blew my mind that he was walking for hours on end without any idea where he was walking to or when he'd get to stop. He'd be sitting with us each evening as we talked about the plan, looked through hostel options, and usually made phone reservations and included him in them but he didn't internalize any of the information and would ask us about it the next day. He got lost a fair amount as well. 
In one town, our friends were messaging us all that they had found an area to swim by the river and sent us a photo of a map their hostel had given them with it circled. Kevin was MIA while the two of us decided to meet our other friends there, interpreted the map, and went to the river for a bit. After not long there, the water was freezing, we went grocery shopping, headed back to our hostel, prepared dinner, and were eating together, so a lot of time had passed and we hadn't heard from Kevin. When we get a photo message from Kevin of the highway a long ways away asking if he was heading the correct direction to the river. I had to let him know that he was not only not going in the right direction at all, that we were all eating, and that he should stop by the grocery store if he wanted to have something to cook and eat too. He turned up at the hostel empty-handed and some of us tried to share what we had before he finally decided to go to the grocery store on his own. He would listen to music in his headphones on the trail, which is totally fine emo. But there were also bikers and cars that we would have to avoid and he would never hear them coming up behind him or any of us yelling car. He was actually a pretty fast walker so he'd often be in front and miss trail markings, so we'd have to scream his name to get him to look back and realize. Somewhere along the way, Kevin's shower loofah fell apart and he didn't have one. He kept asking our group if anyone had a sponge or loofah he could borrow. We didn't. After a few days of him asking, days during which we passed through towns where he could have easily bought a new one, he finally asked, why don't any of you have a sponge? I answered that it wasn't exactly something you'd consider shareable and everyone agreed. He just didn't think there was anything odd about it. I said, I don't want your dead skin cells mixing with my dead skin cells. And he said, it's not the dead skin cells, it's my acne and told us he and his friend back home had shared loofahs in the past. I made sure he found himself a new sponge in the next town. Anyway sorry, this got so long but that's just the start. I could get into how he almost bought a puppy planning to bring it with him for hundreds more kilometers, the jar of cooked lentils he carried for days without refrigeration, his affinity for underage looking boys, all the things he managed to lose, and how sorely and vocally unimpressed he was with the destination city we were all bubbling with excitement to reach. Disclaimer, some of this reads like our group was purposefully excluding him and that wasn't the case. It was really normal that we wouldn't always walk slash eat slash sleep in the same hostel together or be constantly checking in on each other to include each other in plans. We would usually buy and prepare separate meals as well which is why we didn't have anything to share with Kevin. Though at some other points, I'll admit, I almost wanted to test him to see if he would do things without our help, initiate a plan, or ask for information instead of being feted. Kevin finds proof of mermaids, and also thinks they're a crip. Story by Strawberry Jamboree my cousin, Jay, 16NB, is the biggest Kevin I have ever met. I genuinely would not believe a human could be so devoid of intelligence and common sense if not for them. Like, I love them, but I honestly have no idea how they've even survived up to this point. Here's why I say all that. I showed Jay this mermaid mockumentary, Mermaids, The Body Found, as a joke, and they actually believed that the footage was real and that we have proof of mermaids. Jay's family moved into a new house which has a flat electric stove. Jay tried to see if the stove was hot by pressing their entire ass hand onto the stove. Jay got a first degree burn and spent 20 straight minutes bawling while their mom had Jay run their hand under cold water. For my 14th birthday, we had a big barbecue and my dad brought out the fire pit so we could make s'mores. Jay saw a video of someone's fart catching fire, so they decided to try it for themselves. In front of all my friends, Jay pulled down their pants and their shorts caught fire. Luckily, Jay knew to roll on the ground and didn't get any serious burns. Our family hung out at Jay's house one day and I brought my switch over so we could hook it up to Jay's TV. Jay and I played Mario Kart online and they started raging because they kept getting blue shelled. They accidentally threw their controller and it hit and fucking broke the TV screen. 
Jay tried to hide their TV in the outside trash bin as if their parents weren't going to notice the 50-something-inch flat screen was missing. Jay got grounded for the rest of the summer, it was mid-July, and their parents refused to buy them a new TV. Jay for three weeks refused to get dressed out for their PE swim season because the only rash guard they had was red and it's the blood's color and I'm a crip for life. We live in an extremely affluent area and don't even have gangs but sure Jay, you're totally a crip, Jay's parents got an email explaining that Jay was only receiving 50% participation for every day they didn't dress out and was currently failing the class. Jay's parents grounded them and took away their phone but Jay still refused to dress out until their mom caved and bought them a blue rash guard. Jay grabbed a bottle of hard multivitamins from the medicine cabinet and tried to sell them at school as ecstasy pills. Someone snitched on Jay and the school security officer caught them. Apparently, the cops would have been called if there was actual ecstasy, but luckily the school just asked Jay to leave and now they're at a continuation school. Jay is one of those people who watch YouTube on max volume with no headphones in public. They always watch the loudest, most profanity-filled shit too, think Brandon Rogers, I ordered a huge pack of those little white earbud cases online and I gave them to Jay as a gift. Jay lost slash broke all six earbud sets in a week. Jay will not stop flirting with their art teacher, Mrs. Lambert. And we keep telling Jay, dude, you're 16 and Mrs. Lambert is married with two kids like it's never gonna happen. But Jay still insists that someday Mrs. Lambert is gonna leave her wife and daughters to run away with them. Jay thinks that my body, my choice can be applied to them not wearing a seatbelt and therefore they can't be legally punished for not wearing a seatbelt. They constantly unbuckle themselves, get told to put it back on by one of our parents, and then unbuckle it again as soon as they look away. Recently, we got pulled over because Jay threw their McDonald's bag out the window and a highway patrol officer saw it. When the officer got closer, he noticed that Jay also had their seatbelt off. Jay tried arguing my body, my choice with the officer. Jay's dad got fined like $500 because Jay wasn't wearing a seatbelt and another $750 because Jay was throwing garbage out of a moving car. Jay's parents made Jay give up their birthday slash Christmas money to help cover the cost of the tickets. Jay says how teenagers nowadays have too much stress because of school and the pressure needs to be lightened, which I completely agree with. The Kevin part is how Jay is on a one-person homework strike until homework becomes optional. Jay was shocked when they failed all their classes last year, except for PE and art, the school offered a deal to Jay's parents that if Jay got at least a D in all of their second semester classes that they failed previously, then Jay could validate their first semester grades and be passed to the 11th grade. Jay still refused to do any of their work and is now repeating the sophomore year. Jay, should be, a junior and still doesn't understand PEMDAS. Jay's geometry teacher allows them to use a note card with the order of PEMDAS written on it for classwork and tests, but they still try to solve all of their problems from left to right. Speaking of math, Jay hasn't memorized their multiplication tables either. Note, Jay's parents have had them tested several times and Jay does not have dyscalculia or any other kind of disability that inhibits their mathematical abilities. If Jay had a disability then I would never post about them on here. Jay's English class had them write an in-class paper based on To Kill a Mockingbird, which the class just finished reading, for their winter final. It was a fairly simple assignment and they had two hours to do it. Write a minimum of two paragraphs summarizing all of the book's major events and possibly earn extra credit by adding in any smaller details. Jay never read the book and tried to BS their way by reading Sparknotes the night before and writing the answers on their arm. The problem with this is that Jay read the Sparknotes for We Were Liars instead and tried to use the information from there on the paper. Jay got an automatic zero on the final because most of it had been plagiarized from Sparknotes, and their parents grounded them for Christmas break. Jay refuses to shower and the smell is rancid. 
Jay's parents have to turn off the Wi-Fi until Jay takes a shower for at least three minutes. For a while, Jay tried faking by just letting the water run and their parents yelled at them for being dishonest and wasting water. That's everything I can think of right now, I'll update this if I remember anything else or if Jay says slash does anything else that's profoundly stupid. Kevin the Kevin. Story by Wish I Was a Ho. I met a Kevin with Kevin antics and didn't know how terrible Kevins could be since I had grown up with a smart Kevin in elementary school. Q pandemic. My BF at the time, now X, was best friends with Kevin and they lived quite close so we always were hanging out together. Kevin was one of those painfully picky eaters, garlic salt was considered an interesting seasoning to him, picky gamers, he was utter shit at Smash Brothers brawl and refused to play any games he was bad at, and just all around picky at life humans. The only redeemable thing about him was his BMW motorcycle and GF at the time, that is now a close homie. Basically here is the list of things that make Kevin Kevin. Kevin would keep blocking the kitchen area and wouldn't move while I tried to cook. He was over 6 and took up space while I was 5 apostrophe 1 and would express how he was making me move around by standing like such. I would have to ask him each time as well as explain how many feet slash where to place his feet to get out of my way. Kitchen space was incredibly small in my ex's place. Kevin would ask why I was not cooking the rice in a rice cooker, he's been at my ex's place for over years and knows ex doesn't have a rice cooker. Kevin would keep watching how I cook over my shoulders and say that's not how my mom does it, Kevin has never cooked and I came from immigrant parents that made me learn early. Kevin would ask for food after criticizing how I had been cooking the whole 1-2 to two hours and even after I said I only intended the cooking for 2-3 to three portions so ex would have leftovers for work tomorrow. But he would take half the pot of food. Kevin was half Japanese, mother was incredibly fluent and the stereotypical cute Asian mom, and he would wear shoes in the house slash on the carpet, say he eats slash loves sushi but actually could only eat California rolls, and didn't know that rice gets scooped on the plate first before pouring the curry on top. Kevin asked why to get plates when I asked him to help serve the Japanese curry and why put rice on before the curry, I refused to believe he was any bit Japanese after this. Kevin asked how? When I asked him can you please remove the chicken from the skewers into a bowl? I literally said um. With clean hands. Maybe wear disposable gloves and wait for it to not be too hot to the touch? He still hurt himself a bit because I heard him say ouch while removing the tray of chicken skewers from the oven without oven mitts. Kevin said my pasta was surprisingly good even though I put weird stuff in it. The weird stuff was basic seasonings and garnishes like oregano, basil, and parsley. Kevin refused to play card games because they either were too hard or everyone else is way more experienced than him. We were trying to play go fish. Kevin cut off jet skis when I told him the only rules on the water he needs to look out for his other jet skis and boats, stay on the right, and rocks. After doing so he said wow those people need to be careful. We're really close to rocks too. Kevin refused to apologize for a list of things I told him were troubling to me because it was disrespectful to my traditional Asian parents who need basic manners and thanks because he never did anything wrong and doesn't say sorry unless he's truly sorry which he is not and only called back to say I'm saying sorry BC, your ex, called me and I don't want to get cut off from jet skiing. Kevin quit his job because he thought that would make his girlfriend come back to him after she broke it off, in his defense she first said it was BC COVID and he worked a risky job seeing so many people per day. But later she talked to him again and said she just didn't see a future with him. But he still thought it was BC of the COVID thing and quit working to prove how COVID safe he was. His ex-girlfriend tried to tell him to go back to work and the store was willing to take him back but he said no. Kevin finished EMT classes and didn't know what hippo was when I referenced it in a sentence slash story. Kevin wanted to become a firefighter. Kevin didn't study for his room BC studying was boring.
and still didn't understand why he failed 2x. Then gave up because it was too hard. Kevin wanted to travel when he heard how fun traveling was and thought the only thing holding him back was friends not inviting him. He didn't have a passport and didn't want to do Airbnb or hostels. And couldn't afford hotels unless his mom paid. Kevin didn't know how to book anything. Not even schedule his next exam. Kevin was 26 to 27 yo throughout all of this and said most college grads were morons. He was a dropout and his younger sister was in an MBA program. Kevin wanted to get a dog but said the only thing holding me back is my mom slash moving out I guess, and this was when Kevin was jobless. Kevin told everyone he bought both his R6 and BMW so PPL need to become financially independent too. Kevin lived at home rent free. And his dad had purchased everything so Kevin could make monthly payments to his dad at 0% interest. Kevin knew what time we scheduled lunch, 12 p.m., but still ate before because he got hungry so he ended up refusing to eat because he was full. Turns out he was scared my mother would cook weird Asian food. It was burgers. Everyone including Kevin, Kevin's GF, etc. knew it was burgers. We had all discussed for two weeks for it to be burgers so Kevin could be included. Kevin was basically a cushy kid that never experienced hard consequences in life. And had no malice or ill will. But he was 100% Kevin. Thank you for tuning in to listen to these stories, and I hope to see you on the next one. Till then, have an amazing day.